Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to Blitzcast number 88. I'm your host, Alex Kavtov. Today, I'm doing the show solo. Ed Hunt is currently on vacation. He is taking a hiatus around uh, the Christmas break and and New Year, and he's going to be back uh, when we return to talk about all the All-Star games that we're going to be covering live on the road. But right now, you're going to have to put up with me for, for the next 40, 45 minutes. Today's show, I wanted to dedicate to second-year quarterbacks, uh, guys that were selected in the 2018 NFL Draft. And the players that I wanted to focus on the most were Lamar Jackson, who was taken at the end of the first round. We all know the story, the Ravens trading back into the first round and, and selecting the electric, speedy, athletic quarterback out of Louisville. Then I wanted to talk about Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick from the Cleveland Browns. Then Sam Darnold is going to be the next one that we focus on, the number three pick by the New York Jets. Josh Allen, uh, who was selected seventh overall by the Buffalo Bills. And we all know that the Buffalo Bills have been a surprise this season. Uh, we're going to leave Josh Rosen out of this conversation. Obviously, he started as a rookie with the Arizona Cardinals. He started a few games with the Miami Dolphins this year. But I, I didn't want to focus on him because it's really an incomplete uh, story when it comes to Josh Rosen with not many weapons around him, horrible offensive lines, teams that just weren't built to win. And hopefully Rosen is going to surface somewhere in 2020 and, and get a chance to start to prove that he is a starting caliber quarterback. So let's start with Lamar Jackson. Obviously, it's it's fairly certain that Lamar Jackson will win the MVP award. He is the favorite right now. I'm 100% sure that he's going to get it done. Uh, first of all, he's led the Ravens to a 13-2 and two overall record. You look at his stats, he's rushed for over 1,000 yards on the ground. But what's been most surprising is that he has thrown for 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns, which is first in the NFL, and only six picks. It's just, it really has been night and day. Lamar Jackson, when he started as a rookie, showed some promise. But again, we weren't sure what he would be able to do this season. We've seen a progression as a passer, as a pocket passer, which is I question and the rest of the folks out there that didn't believe that Lamar Jackson could be a capable pocket passer. And we all know that he's not going to play this week. Um, John Harbaugh is going to sit him out before the playoffs. Uh, the Ravens are at home against the Steelers. Bovada Sportsbook has the Steelers as the favorites um, on the road, minus one and a half uh, against the Ravens. That's according to uh, Bovada Sportsbook. But let's run, return to Lamar Jackson. What's been most surprising to me is just how he's been able to, to scan the field. He looks a lot more comfortable um, going through those progressions. He has been accurate throwing the ball deep to, to Marquise Brown. Uh, it's been, it really has been 
night and day if you compare his his rookie season where he showed some promise but again we weren't sure what he would be able to do as a pocket passer we certainly didn't didn't know that the ravens are going to be in this position they're they will they have already won the um, afc north division they have i'm sure they're going to lock up the number one seed as you know right now we're, we're taping the show and it's just I love what John Harbaugh and, and Greg Roman have done to work to Lamar Jackson's strengths. I think that's been the most important thing. Uh, something that I wish that the Atlanta Falcons did with Michael Vick more than a decade ago. I wish they didn't try to make him into a regular pocket passer. I wish they would have kept his playmaking ability and um, just worked on his strengths. And, and this is what Greg Roman has done. He has designed an offensive scheme that works to Lamar Jackson's strengths. But the accuracy, the, the field vision, uh, his ability to, to find wide open receivers and, and hit passes, deep balls, um, especially to the Oklahoma rookie Marquise Brown when he's been healthy. It's been, it's been exceptional to be honest with you. He's going to win the MVP award because he's the first player in NFL history to have five passing touchdowns in three games and 50-plus rushing yards in multiple games this season. It's remarkable, to be honest with you. He has more touchdowns than the Ravens' punter has punts. Um, only other quarterback that has had this many five-touchdown, zero-interception games in a season since Tom Brady, since his famous 2007 season so we're, we're talking about historic numbers here Lamar Jackson is putting up numbers that not even Peyton Manning has put up not even Russell Wilson has put up uh, Jackson has is in his second season obviously as the starter but he has seven career games with 50 plus rushing yards and multiple pass touchdowns and this feat has been accom accomplished by Cam Newton Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, Steve Young, and Russell Wilson. And it's just, uh, when you put this into perspective, you know, a guy, he is, he's the first quarterback to throw for 30-plus touchdowns and run for 1,000-plus yards in a season. It's remarkable. To be honest, we, we haven't seen this before. This is what I wanted Michael Vick to be when he was selected the number one overall pick by the Atlanta Falcons back in the day uh, and we all expected that the atlanta falcons were going to unleash this weapon but it never happened they they wanted to limit him they wanted to make him strictly a pocket passer and it just didn't work right now the the baltimore ravens are putting enough on lamar jackson's plate so he can handle that scheme and run it to perfection so i'm excited to see what the ravens can do in the playoffs I'm excited what, what they're going to be able to do against teams like the Patriots or the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. This team is built to go far because their defense has improved. They're able to get after the passer. And they're obviously led by one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league. And I'm not afraid to say that. Last year, it was all about Patrick Mahomes. The, the praise that everybody was praising Patrick Mahomes in his second year. But Lamar Jackson is going to be a quarterback that wins the MVP award in the NFL. And obviously he was the Heisman Trophy winner uh, a couple of years ago. 
that's that's a feat that that's never been accomplished and it's just it's great to see and for all those guys that people that that doubted lamar jackson including yours truly uh i didn't think that lamar jackson was going to be a successful pocket passer in this league i thought he was going to and he was he's not going to make it through the season because he was going to be running a lot you know obviously that hasn't been the case so i wish the ravens and and lamar jackson the best of luck in the playoffs They'll definitely have stiff competition because we all know what the Chiefs and the Patriots bring to the table. But the Ravens are, are a team that I feel still has been underrated all season by a lot of folks out there. So Lamar Jackson took a step up in his second year. He has, he has definitely progressed, but we've seen another quarterback that has regressed, and that's Baker Mayfield. Uh, we all remember what he did as a rookie. Uh, the the numbers that he put up, uh, he was people were praising him and uh, saying how the Browns were on the upswing. Uh, we all know the the talk in the off season. Freddie Kitchens got hired, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham was was added to this picture, and everybody expected a lot of folks expected the Browns to make the playoffs. Not only make the playoffs, but win the AFC North. Obviously, that didn't happen. And a lot of it has to do with Freddie Kitchens. Obviously, it goes back to the head coach. But a lot of it has to do with Baker as well. And Baker has certainly regressed. I, I don't think I remember a quarterback that has regressed this quickly from his rookie season to his second year. We all have sophomore slumps. We, we really do. I mean, when you look at it, it's, it's always the case. But his numbers have been horrendous. He, he just doesn't look like the same quarterback. And I, I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. you. You look at it, obviously, John Dorsey wanted to keep the, the quarterback-coach relationship that has defined the, the NFL for, for some time now. He hired Freddie Kitchens, who was praised when he became the offensive coordinator, the Browns' offense just just clicked. It went into overdrive. It looked like a different team in the second half of the 2018 season. It all fell apart quickly this year. And I, I see, to be honest with you, when I study Baker Mayfield this year, the number one thing it goes back to, I would say, is the offensive line. Last year, he looked comfortable behind that offensive line. They protected him. They gave him more time to throw, especially in the second half of the season. They had some troubles at left tackle, but the rest of the positions were pretty well. Then they traded away Kevin Zeitler. Austin Corbett didn't work out. They, they traded him away to the Los Angeles Rams. It just That offensive line has been a mess all year long. And Baker, he doesn't trust that offensive line. He is running for his life. Last year, last year, I saw Baker Mayfield who was making quick decisions. He had quick feet. He was getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, he just he looked like a guy that, that knew where to go with the football. And he didn't have Odell last year. He scanned the field. He handled pressure pretty well. This year, we, we've seen a different Baker Mayfield. We see somebody who is just unsure in the pocket. He doesn't seem to have any pocket presence. He's taking sacks. 
He's not finding wide receivers. He's not going to his go-to guy, Odell Beckham. He's just not getting the ball. He's running for his life. He, he's rolling right. He's locking on to his primary target. You can't do that in the NFL. You just, you can't. I would say that I also attribute it to the fact that his quarterback's coach, Cam Zampezi, that was the quarterback's coach in 2018, he had a lot of success with Baker. And Zampezi wasn't retained by Freddie Kitchens. I believe it was a mistake because his quarterback's coach right now is Ryan Lindley. Ryan Lindley was a sixth-round pick out of San Diego State who flamed out of the NFL pretty quickly. He spent two years at San Diego State as a graduate assistant. Then the Browns brought him up here as a running backs coach, and then they they made him a quarterbacks coach uh, for the for the Browns. And a guy that doesn't have any experience coaching the position. Yes, he played the position in college. He played the position in the NFL, but he doesn't have any experience coaching at this level. And I just I I I'm sure they get along fine, but. Freddie Kitchens has got to go. Ryan Lindley has to go because you have your franchise quarterback here. All the hopes is on Baker Mayfield correcting this in year three. You spend the number one overall pick on him. Obviously, the Browns thought very highly of him. He showed promise during his first year. People were all about Baker mania. This year, it's been the complete opposite. His numbers have been horrendous. This isn't a winning quarterback out here, and you just people are starting to question whether Baker Mayfield can win in this league. We all know about his ego. We all know about his attitude. Guys love playing for him, and obviously the Browns are saying all the right things, but he's got to play better. He's thrown for over 3,500 yards. He's thrown 19 touchdowns and 18 picks. 18 picks. Against the good teams, he has really struggled. I mean, if you look at his numbers against teams that are going to be in the playoffs or on the cusp of making the playoffs, his numbers have been atrocious. Against the bad teams, yeah, he's putting up great numbers. He really is. I mean, he's, it's almost like the picking on the, the Big 12 defenses out there. They don't play defense in the Big 12, and Baker didn't have to deal with it. In the NFL, they get after you. When they expose you, the fact that you can't handle pressure, the fact that you, you don't trust your offensive line, you don't trust your wide receivers, they expose you pretty quickly. I just, I'm not sure that, that Baker is, can succeed in this league long term. If he doesn't fix his mechanics, if he doesn't fix his attitude, I just, I believe that, that Baker Mayfield will flame out in the NFL pretty quickly. And uh, they, the Browns need to bring in an old-school head coach that can correct him, that can fix his mechanics, uh, that can teach him how to go through his progressions. Because to be honest with you, I mean, Brett Favre had the same problem early on in his career when he was picked by the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the, the Falcons gave up on him pretty quickly. Mike Holmgren obviously saw a talented guy with, with a very strong arm, and he fixed him. We all know Brett Favre was still a, a gunslinger, but Mike Holmgren was able to tone it down a bit. And I think we need to do the same thing with Baker Mayfield out here. I just, 
again, I've never seen a quarterback regress this quickly after showing so much promise as a rookie. I just, I don't remember that at all. Let's talk about another quarterback, uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold obviously has taken criticism. Uh, people saw that New England Patriots game when he was seeing ghosts out there. Um, but we all remember that the, the Cleveland Browns were debating between Baker and, and Sam Darnold. Darnold was in the conversation for the number one overall pick. Obviously, the, the Browns went with Baker Mayfield at number one. And then uh, Sam Darnold fell to the New York Jets at number three, who were ecstatic. Adam Gase and Sam Darnold relationship, I, I don't know how that's going to progress. I mean, we've seen some things. We, we, we saw a heated argument on the sideline between Adam Gase and, and Sam Darnold. I believe Sam Darnold, Adam Gase is not playing to the strengths uh, of Sam Darnold. And we saw this in the beginning of the season. They were running longer patterns. They weren't using the, the quick pass, which I think they should have done early on in the season um, because their offensive line is just not built to give Sam Darnold protection. We all know it's one of the, the worst offensive line groups out there, and obviously that's something the New York Jets need to address in the 2020 NFL draft. Offensive line. If they can draft seven or eight offensive linemen, I think they should definitely do it. I love what that I've seen out of Sam Darnold ever since that, that Patriots game. I've seen a guy who has gotten better, has progressed. He's still a young quarterback. He obviously has propensity to, to turn the ball over. Sometimes he'll, he'll force the ball in there like he did in college at USC. That hasn't changed. But he's willing to make that play. He's also a guy that can move on. He can move on, forget about that last play, and, and throw a, a pretty touchdown 60 or 70 yards downfield to Robbie Anderson. So to be honest with you, the Sam Darnold's future looks brighter than Baker Mayfield's future. And um, I've seen Sam Darnold become a different quarterback. He's 6-6 six and six ever since returning from his mono infection. And um, I've seen a guy who is more sure about where to go with the football. He, he's scanning the field. He's willing to, to make plays knowing that he doesn't have a Julio Jones out there. He doesn't have an Odell Beckham. He, he doesn't have a big-time weapon. But he's been able to develop chemistry. Um, he, he's done that with Robbie Anderson. He knows his offensive line is not going to give him protection out there. So obviously that's where his legs come into play, his ability to throw on the run. So to be honest with you, Sam Darnold was my number one quarterback coming out of the 2018 NFL draft. Right now Lamar Jackson looks like a better prospect. But Sam Darnold for me is, is number two in the conversation. I look at the upside. I still look at a guy that is going to take another step up in year three next year. And um, I'm a big believer in Sam Darnold, even though people see holes in his game and, and they still say, what are you seeing, Alex? I mean, he's still a guy that, that's making some shaky decisions out there. 
but I'm seeing a guy that has taken a step up from his rookie season to his second year, and the fact that he's still a young quarterback, he's going to take a step up in year three. Uh, Bovada has the Browns as the favorites, minus two and a half on the road versus the Bengals. Um, I'm hoping that the Browns finish off on, on a high note against a, a team that the Cincinnati Bengals that has the number one overall pick. Uh, they're one and 14. So again, Darnold, Mayfield, obviously we talked about Lamar Jackson. Let's go to Josh Allen, uh, a polarizing prospect coming out of Wyoming. The Buffalo Bills fell in love with him. They drafted him seventh overall. Obviously, they 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 saw something in, in a guy. They saw an athletic quarterback with great size that was able to make some big time throws out there. Because Josh Allen has got a huge arm. We know this. He's an athlete. Uh, he's not he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not going to make people miss in the open field. But he's a physical runner. He's a good athlete, and he's got a strong arm. And he has been, uh, I remember that Dallas Cowboys game. I think the Cowboys game is the one game that we all saw nationally. It was a Thanksgiving game, and Josh Allen had his best game as a pro. And uh, another quarterback that has taken a step up in year two. A lot of people question his mechanics. A lot of people question his accuracy, including myself. Obviously, if you turned on his tape of Wyoming, I mean, this guy couldn't win against big-time competition. He couldn't. He just, he looked like a lost puppy out there. But again, the Buffalo Bills, behind a great defense, have shown that they can develop Josh Allen. Because from his rookie season to his second year this year, he has definitely taken a step up. I mean, if you look at his numbers out there, he has cut down on his interceptions. He's thrown for more yards. He looks more comfortable as a pocket passer. This is not the quarterback that I'm going to trust in the playoffs. Uh, it's If the Bills go far, it's going to be because of their defense. And Josh Allen taking care of the football. But against the Cowboys, he gave us a glimpse of what he can do. This isn't just a, a running quarterback out there. This is a guy that has improved his accuracy and decision-making. It's not perfect. Again, his deep ball is still something he's got to work on. He's got a strong arm. I mean, this guy can throw 80 yards from his knees if he had to, but he's just not an accurate thrower down the field. His decision-making can still be up and down. I've already mentioned that he's become a better decision-maker, but it's still not where you want a guy to be if you're expecting to, to compete and go to the playoffs every year and, and win the Super Bowl. And this is what every team strives for. He's got to feel, develop more of a pocket presence. Instead of just running with the football, you have to reset your eyes, reset your feet, and get rid of the ball. And those are the things I saw against the Cowboys. I saw glimpses of it but I haven't seen enough of it. Again, his completion percentage, his touchdowns, his interception numbers, his total yards, they're all better in his second year. 
So right now it looks like the, the Bills made the right decision by selecting Josh Allen. They're sitting pretty. Baker Mayfield is not in the playoffs. Sam Darnold is not in the playoffs. But Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are going to be playing in January. So it's obviously, uh, it's he's still a work in progress. But again, he hasn't taken that huge leap like Lamar Jackson did with the Ravens. But he has taken, he's made strides. And he's shown glimpses that he can be a decent quarterback. And I'm sure the Bills are pretty happy about it. Uh, I think that um, if they had to do it all over again and Sam Darnold and, and Josh Allen were on the board, I think they would go with Josh Allen. I just think the Buffalo Bills are, if you ask that coaching staff, I think they, they would say they're satisfied with the progress that uh, Josh Allen has made. So those are the four quarterbacks that I wanted to cover. Lamar Jackson, who has developed into one of the better quarterbacks in the league already, one of the most electrifying athletes at the quarterback position that I think we have ever seen. And it's amazing because I didn't think I was gonna I was gonna say those words because the, the best athlete that I saw was Michael Vick, but I can admit it that Lamar Jackson already is a better passer and uh, he he can do things on the football field that I don't think I've I've seen any quarterbacks do we've seen randall cunningham we've, we've seen michael vick we we saw robert griffin during his rookie season but lamar jackson is just doing things on another level we mentioned baker mayfield who needs to who needs to have somebody in his ear who needs a veteran coach that will be able to get the most out of him and get him on the right track next year talking about sam darnold who i was Happy to see the progression that he's made from his rookie season to his second year. And same thing with Josh Allen. We've seen steady improvement, and uh, he is a signal caller that, that's going to the playoffs in January. Let's talk about college football playoff. Enough about NFL. Uh, let's talk about the, the most exciting matchups that I think all of us have been waiting. Um, they're going to be on Saturday. Two games that I'm talking about are LSU versus Oklahoma in Atlanta and Clemson versus Ohio State in Glendale, Arizona. Man, I wish I was there. I mean, this is just, this is as good as it gets. As good as it gets because, to be honest with you, I mean, you just, you don't expect that. You don't expect, let's talk about the quarterbacks uh, for LSU and, and Oklahoma. Joe Burrow, we all know his story. He went from transferring from Ohio State to, to becoming the Heisman Trophy winner during his senior year at LSU. Nobody saw this coming. LSU hasn't lost a game yet. And Bovada, Bovada has them as the favorites right now against Oklahoma. LSU is minus 13 and a half. That's a huge number. It's almost disrespectful disrespectful to Oklahoma it's not that I don't think that LSU won't win I think they will based on what they've done this season they've beaten so many good teams in the SEC they've had a tough schedule they've been battle tested against Alabama against Auburn against Texas they played against Georgia 
those are some tough opponents out there. And Oklahoma is not going to scare them, but it's almost disrespectful. I mean, Oklahoma has been in this in this position before. They've got plenty of juniors and sophomores who've played in the college football playoff. Jalen Hurts has been there with Alabama. He has started games. He won a national championship game behind center. And this is the starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide. So Jalen Hurts is not going to be faced. Another quarterback, by the way, who who transferred from Alabama to Oklahoma and has led the Sooners to the number four seed in the college football playoff. It's going to be it's going to be a high scoring offense. It's just it's going to be a high scoring affair, and I just I, I don't believe it. Look. When you look at LSU, and I've watched a lot of the LSU Tigers this week, they like to be aggressive from one play to the other. And they like to be aggressive on offense. This is just, they they attack you in so many different ways. What Brady, uh, the, the passing game coordinator, has done with Joe Burrow, it's been well documented. But the fact is, they, they're always going to attack you. They're not going to sit back. They'll throw the ball 50 times if they have to. And they certainly have the weapons. I mean, you look at Jamar Chase, the, the talented All-American sophomore wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, the junior wide receiver. Terrence, Terrence Marshall Jr. They each have at least 10 touchdown catches. 10. Joe Burrow likes to spread it around. It's, it's not just one guy like for Oklahoma. I mean, it's C.D. Lamb. It's C.D. Lamb all day, who I love as a prospect. But here you have Jamar Chase, you have Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall. It's an incredible, incredible crop of wide receivers that LSU has. Who are you going to cover? And it's not like Burrow has, uh, I mean, Jamar Chase has developed into his favorite target, but he likes to spread it around. It's not like he's just going to lock on onto one guy. We all know about Clyde Edwards-Elair, another guy that has rushed for over 1,000 yards, but he's also frequently targeted in the passing game. The question is, is Edwards-Elair going to play against Oklahoma? That's been the question mark. Ed Orgeron says that there's a chance that he's going to play, but this guy is a huge part of the passing attack. He keeps LSU balanced because it's still a balanced offense. They still like to run the football. So it's he's got a hamstring injury, might not play, but we'll see what happens. Look, LSU's offense is lethal. And I've already mentioned that Big 12 doesn't play any defense. I just, with the sp- suspension that Oklahoma has, their best pass rusher defensive end, Ronnie Perkins is suspended for this game. That's a huge loss. Oklahoma needs all the weapons they can get on the defensive side of the ball. And um, it's unfortunate. But I don't think the Sooners can, can stop LSU. The one thing that they can do is they can score points. Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb. It's going uh, to be a high-scoring affair. But I do think LSU's defense is healthier. And it's been all season. Uh, those guys in the middle, Glenn Logan, Tyler Shelvin, Rashard Lawrence, they're all over 300 pounds and they're hard to move. 
they're going to control the gaps and they're going to stop that running game. I don't think they're going to stop Jalen Hurts, but I do feel that LSU has very talented corners. CeeDee Lamb is going to line up all over the field. But look, LSU has got Fulton. LSU has the, the talented corner, Stinley. And I'm sure when CeeDee Lamb is going to be put in the slot, I'm sure we're going to see Grant Delpit in there as well. They need to find another weapon in the passing game for the Sooners to be able to keep up with LSU's offense through four quarters. Exciting battle in Atlanta. Man, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I just, I have no doubt about it. But I do think LSU is, is going to show its true colors, especially in the second half. I think they're just going to be too much, and and the Tigers are going to be playing in the in the in the final game of the season. Now let's talk about the other matchup: Ohio State against Clemson. Both teams are unbeaten. They're thirteen and zero. They're going to play in Arizona. Bavada has has Clemson as the favorite right now against Ohio State minus two and a half. No, it's actually. Minus two. Clemson is minus two versus Ohio State in the semifinal matchup. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, Look, we all know that story. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, when he took over in his first year as a freshman last year, he led Clemson to a big win against Alabama in the college football championship game. This year, he's back, and we've seen a different Trevor Lawrence during the second half of the season. He was struggling with interceptions. He was forcing the ball in there. In the second half of the season, he has he has been on fire. And not many people are talking about this. He's been taking care of the ball. He's been spreading the ball around. He's been finding his favorite target in T. Higgins. We all know that Justin Ross is still there, a guy who made plenty of plays in last year's college football playoff. The weapons are galore as, as they say for, for Trevor Lawrence and not many people are talking about Travis Etienne like Travis Etienne is is the X factor is the X factor for Clemson everybody's going to be focusing on the passing game but Travis Etienne keeps Clemson's offense balanced he's a great receiver coming out of the backfield and I think many people are forgetting about this but I think the key for Clemson the key for Clemson is obvious. That offensive line has played better, but those tackles would have to raise up their game a bit. They're going to have to keep up with Chase Young. Chase Young, obviously, is going to be a top three pick in, in the NFL draft if he comes out. And uh, they're going to have to keep him at bay because Trevor Lawrence needs to have the time in the pocket. We all know that Chase Young can be one man wrecking crew like like Lawrence, you know, in his heyday, like Khalil Mack, like Jadavian Clowney, guys that take over games. Chase Young can take over games. We've seen it in this college football season, especially during his junior season. A lot of people are saying, look, he's better than the Bosa twin, the, the Bosa brothers. He is like Khalil Mack. I can definitely tell you that he can take over the game by himself. So Clemson tackles have their hands full. But Ohio State doesn't have another guy. 
They don't have another guy that can get after the quarterback. So we all know that Clemson is going to double-team Chase Young. Can somebody else step up? Can they win those single matchups up front in order to, to control the line of scrimmage? This is, this is going to be the key for Ohio State as well. Can they control the line of scrimmage? Can they find another guy that can get after the quarterback like Chase Young can? On the other side of the ball, the, the key is going to be simple. To me, it, it starts with J.K. Dobbins. I realize that everybody is focusing on Justin Fields and, and the season that he has had, and it's been impressive. Ever since Justin Fields transferred from Georgia, and he's, this guy has thrown for 40 touchdowns and only one interception. We all know he's not 100%. His knee is about 80 85%. He wasn't totally healthy in the in the Big Ten championship game, and we saw that. I think he's going to be limited a bit. They're going to protect him a bit as far as his running ability, and that's that's what I'm saying. Clemson has to take care of J.K. Dobbins. Clemson doesn't have the defensive line that it had last year, but they're going to have to control the front. They're going to have to stop J.K. Dobbins on those zone runs. Because this guy has been the X factor for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And the reason why they're unbeaten right now. You have to stop him. He's been the Buckeyes offensive MVP as far as I'm concerned. He's run for over 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns. He's also been effective as a receiver. Another Ohio State running back that not many people are talking about right now. But I believe he deserves to be in the conversation in the first round. I believe he's he's another dangerous guy that you have to keep up. We all know it's going to be a, a dangerous running back class. The 2020 running back class is, you're going to be able to find some guys on day two that are going to become all pros. But again, J.K. Dobbins deserves to go in the first round because I've seen enough out of him to for me to say that. We're going to see that again. Will Clemson's attacking defense, will they be able to slow down J.K. Dobbins? I think they will be. I think we're going to see a matchup of LSU Tigers and the Clemson Tigers in the college football championship game. That That's my matchup. That That's the way I see it. It's going to be interesting to see. I just think Clemson has a good enough secondary. They've got Isaiah Simmons, who's going to be a top 10 pick in the 2020 NFL draft. A do-all, do-it-all linebacker slash safety. Kind of a hybrid linebacker that everybody is looking for right now in the NFL. A guy that's got sideline to sideline speed. A guy that can cover. A guy that can rush the passer and stop the run. Obviously, his speed is his biggest attribute. I think Clemson's experience last year will help them in this game against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's just that's the way I see it, guys. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's that's the matchup that I see in this situation. In closing, I just want to say, you know, we're coming up uh, upon January. Uh, we're coming up uh, upon the NFL playoffs, and. Um, 
you look at the the teams right now that are developing obviously in the AFC it's the Ravens the Chiefs the Patriots the Patriots are still going to be the favorites here but the Chiefs and the Ravens are threatening them to, to overtake them in the AFC in the NFC we've got a lot of teams vying for it as well we've got the 49ers the New Orleans Saints Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers a team that not many people are talking about because they're winning ugly they're just not putting up a lot of points like they've done in the past a lot of people anticipated that if the Green Bay Packers were gonna win this division the NFC North that it was going to be behind Aaron Rodgers, him having an MVP-type season, him throwing for 300, 350-plus yards. That hasn't been the case. We, we saw what they did against the Vikings. It was behind the strong pass rush. It was behind Zadarius Smith, who they signed from the Baltimore Ravens. He probably had one of the best games of his career and one of the best games that I've seen on, on Monday Night Football. He just took over that game. Aaron Jones running the football, and the Packers have found that balance. And right now, people are saying, hey, they have a running game. They have Aaron Rodgers. They've got a defense that has improved and can get after the quarterback. The, the Packers are the team that no one is talking about. Everybody's focusing on uh, the Saints, the 49ers, the Seahawks, but the Packers are legitimate folks. They really are. And if they clinch and get that number two seed in the playoffs, nobody wants to go to Wisconsin. Nobody wants to go to Green Bay in, in the winter, in January. Nobody wants to play there. And again, Aaron Rodgers and the things that he has done throughout his career, if he gets into that NFC Championship game against Jimmy Garoppolo or against Russell Wilson. I'll take my money. I'll put my money on Aaron Rodgers. With all due respect, as much as I love Russell Wilson, as much as I love Drew Brees, but if it's going to be in Green Bay, and I'm leaving the 49ers out of this conversation, my 49ers, they've had a magical season, but you still have to go with, with the team that that has those quarterbacks that have proven it over time and and Jimmy G just hasn't done that so to be honest with you if it's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay against Russell Wilson or Drew Brees I'll take Aaron Rodgers in the goal guys don't sleep on the Green Bay Packers because they're certainly a team to to be reckoned with thank you for listening to this podcast this was Blitzcast number 88 and um, we'll be back next week. Take care.